super duty tough work the most infamous podcast on planet earth is back in the building again my people my people my people what is good 2024 what is good are you doing things yes do you have plans mm-hmm. are you executing those plans are you loving hip-hop listening to music enjoying life if so you're winning you're winning we welcome you to the show my name is blueprint my illustrious co-host and logic is also in the building how you doing today sir doing good man you know life is good life nice. is good life is good yeah man you know it's the weather is starting to break we're having a warmer week well tomorrow um oh. on monday we supposed to get snow so what monday, monday tuesday yep we, it's the snow coming back so uh Damn. We had a good week, you know. I wish I'd we, had known. A, we had a good week, you know what I mean. I took it for granted. Yeah, we had a good week. I actually uh, rode my bike around the neighborhood. Did, what? Took some, yeah, took some walks. That's you cool. know, with my dog and okay. and things while it was nice. So, man, you know. I meant to clean out my gutters, and I just been bullshitting. I thought this was gonna last a couple of days longer. Nah, bro, this week is 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 gonna be a wrap. Now I don't know how long it's gonna last after this coming week. You know, as far so, as the cold, but all right. Yeah, some snow, some snow about to hit us. All right, well, let me take my ass to the grocery store to date ends because I <laughs> right, I ain't trying to leave once the snow hit. Right, right, yeah, man. So you know, we welcome y'all to the show, man. We appreciate the support we've been getting. You know, this year we just set the goal to to do the show more frequently, and so far we've been on it. We've been on it. You know, we've had a couple weeks off since the start of the year, but hey, this is we like six weeks into it. I think we done rock like four out of six. Or, Five yeah. out of seven or something. So we kicking ass. And and how many other podcasts who ain't got major money behind them is more consistent than us? Come on. You know. Come on. If any and my not man's, many. And my man's got a record coming, you know what I'm saying? Putting in that work. Uh, you know what I mean? You see Fa- it. Falling down is you is is it. coming soon. It's you know? coming soon. I didn't even talk about it. see, I'll just do the podcast and forgot about that. Yo, hey. April twenty third. Falling down. It's been a long time. It's some of y'all been listening to this podcast. I ain't dropped the record since y'all been listening. Facts. That's how long it's been. Y'all just know me as a podcaster. Damn shame. <laughs> Damn shame. I'm slipping. But hey, your man's is is a well respected artist with the fan base who cares about what he does. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the campaign. If you watching, you know I'm rolling this thing out taking my time hitting people with the content busting them in the heads and we slowly getting there music videos gonna be shot shot next week and and whatnot and uh you know we get into this thing man pre-orders been going fucking damn well Mm -hmm. thank y'all thank the order the the supporters of this podcast for supporting thank y'all for buying the books too you know what i mean let's get it man everything is up in 24 yeah man it's 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 going it's going down damn it feel good to see people up on it yeah. You got some shows coming up too, right? Yes. Columbus, yes. Dayton, Cincinnati. Let's talk about yeah. it. Columbus, on, April 27th. Saturday, April 27th at Ace of Cups. Myself with DJ Detox. Illogic. This first show we done played together in a long motherfucking time. It's been years. Yeah. Me and yes. my man Product going to be on yes. there. You Come know, on. knocking it out. Nothing J- but the hits, baby. Come on, man. J. Ross. You know what I'm saying? Colleen. My man Tino from Dayton, let's go. Get your tickets now. Get your tickets now. You know, yeah, we got about 
two, a little more of two months to go, two and a half months to go. But yeah, get your tickets. You know, uh, that Sunday, I ain't announced this nowhere else on the newsletter. But hey, the the twenty eighth, we rocking in fucking Cincinnati at, at Radio Artifact. Yeah, Facts. it's going down. This only only you guys who are on the podcast know about this so far. Tickets should be on sale next week for that. You know what I'm saying? That show featured D Tino, uh, Sons of Silverton, uh, POC. You know what I'm saying? We we rocking this motherfucker. Dayton, the 26th. Me, Tino, Picket Fence, Unjust, at Blind Bobs. Let's go. Y'all know it's been a long time since I played this show and I'm excited. Yeah. I got to learn my lyrics again. But, uh, <laughs> How's that going? It's been that long. It's coming back to me. I'm starting yeah. early. I got to start early because, yeah, there's certain shit that's like, damn. Mm-hmm. Forgot the whole rap. Yeah. But uh yeah, man, we doing it. And you know, we thank y'all for supporting us. And we're gonna rock this shit, man. So today's episode, you know by the title. The title of this episode is Knowing When to Call It Quits. Yeah. This is a deep episode we're gonna get in today because this is something that I've been kind of wanting to talk about for several weeks. This week's episode is about me parking my truck. Uh, and moving back into music full time and what happened and what ultimately led me to the decision to come back over here. And there were some lessons that I take away from it that will apply to whatever you got going on. You may be at a, at a peak at something, you may be at a valley, but I hope that if you look at this episode, uh, when you're going through this, that you can kind of, uh, use it as a, as a guidepost as something to kind of say, hey, I'm, I'm going through something like he's going through, or maybe you reference it later. But I want to tell you guys what went on, what happened, and then like what ultimately kind of got me back here and how this is going. And we're going to talk about lessons. There's like mad bullet points from this experience. And, you know, we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about knowing when to call it quits. And uh, we'll right. take a break. We'll be right back. Yeah. We got you stuck off the realness The most infamous, you heard of us Official podcast murderers The show comes equipped with few points to share Grown man ideas for all those who care And want to grow, so go ahead and download Every single week with a brand new episode You're not alone in this world, cousin So we share information and honest discussion And keep repping the culture like we supposed to They spread gossip, but they never come close to I can hear it inside their tongue they talk about the industry but never left their home You get laced up with bullet points and such Plus empowering topics that they never would touch You can put your whole network against the team But Super Duty Tough Works the MVP Most valuable podcast on MP3 Priceless info but all of it's free huh. So take these words home and think them through Super Duty Tough Work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Alright folks, we're back. Super Duty Tough Work, the most infamous podcast on planet Earth, the most educational, the most informational most entertaining what don't we do <laughs> I don't know mad tools in the tool belt folks but this folk this week we're talking about knowing when to call it quits now if you're a listener of the show you know uh, 
the last two years I've been involved in trucking. Got my CDL at the end of 22. Start drive. I'm sorry. Start driving in 22. Um, drove 22 to 23. After driving for a year, I got my truck about what about 15 months of driving experience. Um, bought my truck last July, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, spent about a month fixing it up and started driving under my own authority in. August of 23. Um, the first, but recently, as of maybe like this week, actually, my trucking authority is officially shut down. You know what I mean? Um, so you have to go through shit with the government to kind of shut it down. It's not just like you. Yeah, you can't turn it off. Nah, it's not just like a mouse click away. It's not like mm. like that. It's not like a subscription to an app. It's, it's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? And so, you know, you got to go through third parties and get people to do it. And it's like, so that's shut down with the state, with the government at the national level. Uh, shut down my insurance last week and parked my truck. My truck is running now, but I chose to park it, um, which is kind of what we say in trucking when you just like, look, I'm, I'm not going to run this motherfucker no more because it ain't worth it. But I parked my truck, meaning that it's just parked at a, uh, a parking facility where I was parking anyway. And I'm just not running right now. I can obviously reactivate my authority at any time I want to pick back up at any time I want to. Um, But my decision to kind of shut it down uh, was a very tough one. And anybody who knows uh, what I put into just trucking over the year, the two years that I was in it, knows that I was going pretty damn hard. You know, I had done a lot in. 18 months, 19 months, more than a lot of motherfuckers have done in five, 10 years in the industry. But, you know, trucking is in a tough place in general. In general, we're in a a downswing in a trucking market. And so it's a little bit tougher to make margins. But for me, it was like, I had a hesitation to talk about this shit because, you know, I realized that like I haven't really failed at anything in life that I really tried. Mm. And so it kind of gave me this like feeling of like, yo, you can do anything. Yeah. And if you believe that and you fail and you can't do it, you like, I got to stop. Yeah. It can fuck with your ego a little bit. Oh, you know, not, not, not a little bit. <laughs> a lot. Right. <laughs> Lock you down a couple pegs. Yeah, yeah. You be hurting a little bit, like, damn. So there was a period where I just was kind of trying to look at myself like, am I a failure? Are you what did I go do wrong? Like trying to fight it and fight it and fight it. And then ultimately you kind of realize that like trying to fight it to some extent could just dig the hole deeper. Yeah. And that sense of pride that you have can be dangerous and make you lose objectivity about what's going on. And so ultimately in January, I kind of was like, look, I got to shut it down because it's just not making sense anymore and just stop and regroup. But a lot went into it. And, you know, I'll start from like the beginning of this. And so people can kind of understand what went into it is like, Shit started out pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, like, 
I started driving my truck in the beginning of August. Within like three weeks of running my truck, I had secured what's called a dedicated lane of freight, which is basically like it's a it's a trip that goes every day at the same time, seven days a week, the same place. Dedicated lanes and trucking are coveted. A lot of people want them because, you know, it can be irregular. You don't know if you're owner operator, you don't know exactly when you run and if you just operating off the load boards and shit. So you want to be on a dedicated lane or you want to have dedicated freight directly with a customer. I was new, so I couldn't get a lot of freight from certain people, but somehow I ended up getting this dedicated lane to like Springfield, Ohio. It's 40, 45 miles away, right? I pick it up at eight. I drop it at 11 o'clock, 1130 every night. I'm back home by one every night. This shit was ideal. You know what I mean? And so I did that shit. And like between that and other shit I had going on, like my first eight weeks, 10 weeks, people around me was just struggling. I was like, yo, this shit is going great. Like, I can't really complain. You know what I mean? I'm in yeah. a truck, but I'm running and I'm running profitably. Like yeah. the, the, the rates I was running at were really well. I was only running. I was running no more than 150 miles a day. You know what I'm saying? 100, 150 miles a day. You know, I could. I was home sleeping in my bed pretty much seven days a week. You know what I'm saying? Unless I decided to stay in Springfield 40 miles away and grab something on the way back and then double my money. But it was like, I didn't have to. So my first two and a half months was great. Then it was like macro factors started to kind of take over. You know what I'm saying? Like, and by that, I mean like the trucking industry itself is in a tough place. Margins are lower. So like gas prices over $4 a gallon for diesel. Um, You know, what specifically happened to me was like, you know, well, trucking rates for freight dropped, you mm-hmm. know, tremendously. So whereas maybe you could average $3 a mile, the rate for dry van dropped to like $2 a mile on average. Meaning there are people out there willing to run this freight for probably a dollar fifty, some of these a dollar eighty. There are people willing to do that. I was running at three dollars a mile, even then, because I was running shorter. So I was running and I had this lane that was doing really well. But overall, that still impacted everybody. But what really hit me the hardest was in like October, the um the broker that I was with went out of business. They went bust. Huge broker brokerage freight brokerage they went out of business i was renting a trailer from them as well and that shit just uh it was like i woke up one day i had two weeks of trip scheduled with them and i was carrying one of their loads i woke up to, to run it back to columbus at like three o'clock in the morning i was like okay i'll be back in columbus i got dropped this at five i uh, dropped this at seven i wake up at five and dip i wake up at five my phone just got tons of notifications ding 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 ding, ding. your trip's been canceled trip been canceled trip been canceled job been canceled job been canceled job been canceled it looks like yo this is two weeks of shit that i had canceled and confirmed of work mm-hmm. uh all canceled all at once so i was like damn maybe something's wrong with my authority maybe i forgot something something ain't been filed on time i called i'm like yo is my authority still looking good they're like oh no you're you're clear we think it's something that's going on with the with the vendor, with the shipper, you know, they're canceling trips. We don't know what's going on. We're trying to figure it out right now. I was like, okay, cool. I went and dropped my load there that day, which was with the same people. I got paid immediately after dropping an hour. I go home. I look on their load board to see what's there. Ghost town. They usually be having thousands of jobs on there. Nothing on there. No, no trips to be ran. And I'm just like, something is not right. 
And then you start looking around other people having the same issue. Um, Two days later, they make an announcement. They ran out of money. They're going out of business. Everybody is stuck. So I'm renting a trailer from them. I got to get my trailer back. And the next two weeks of work I had confirmed, all gone. So this was like when shit started getting tough because like I had to scramble. So I'm scrambling to find shit every day. I'm doing okay. Not what I was doing. But then some weeks I'd be up a little more, but some weeks it was just, it was just hit or miss at that point. And then I had to get a trailer, which took me a week to two weeks to get the trailer. So that's already messing with your profits. By the time I get the trailer, I get another dedicated lane, but it's further away. It costs me a little bit more to do it, a little more time. I'm spending more time away from home. Everything is still, I'm still up though. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm still running profitably. Not what I was, I'm running further, but I got some consistent work now. This is around. Uh, early November week of Thanksgiving transmission and in truck starts acting up shuts down like the 21st of November now I knew it wasn't like the I knew it had something to do with the computer in my truck because physically mm-hmm. my shit was still alright it's like my shit would lose track of where it was at in terms of like the computer talking to the truck so I'm thinking okay this shouldn't take but like maybe a week or so you know, to get back up. But I was about 40 miles from home, got it towed in. Long story short, it took until January to get my truck back running. So it's like the week of Thanksgiving due to everybody being in and out, nothing was getting done. Week after Thanksgiving, find out my mechanic had done something that what they didn't fix the problem. Then they got stuck and were like, we can't take it any further without this part. They're like, Otherwise, you got to just buy this part that we think it is. And that part costs eight G's. And you probably should just take it to the dealer because they can test that part and then you don't get charged that. But they're going to charge you for diagnostics and all this other shit. It was like by the time I had my truck towed around to two, three different places, had diagnostics done multiple times, chasing around parts, getting parts reprogrammed, making insurance payments, making trailer payments waiting seven weeks to get my truck back. Finally, my account was just done. And during this time, you're not making no money. Did not make a dime. Yeah. And you're just shelling out. Shelling out money. Like, people don't understand trucking. Like, I used to think that rap bills was significant. (laughs) Not for what you told me. That ain't shit. Nah, it ain't shit. Dude, trucking is different. What I didn't understand about trucking is like, Everybody in trucking is kind of set up to like take advantage of truckers to, to remove the money from truckers pockets. You know what I mean? Like every fucking thing. Like there's nothing in trucking that's cheap. Like when I when, when you think about getting diagnostics on your car, you be like, oh, yeah, it's like one hundred hundred fifty dollars. Right. Yep. You don't like paying that shit. Like That's too much for them to just hook it up. To this damn computer. Get these codes. I paid a total of three G's just in diagnostics for my truck. Just in diagnostics. The first 1500 didn't even figure out the problem. (laughs) The wrong thing. They didn't even get it right. The the second 1500 was at the dealer who got it right, but they was trying to wax me so hard on the fix. I had to get it towed up out of there and get it fixed at the original place. Hmm. That's just diagnostics. Towing, another three G's. 
these are the things that you don't think about when you rapping. When you're doing music full time, you're like, oh, man, I can't believe that, you know, this hosting is $30 a month. <laughs> right, right. I let you mean I got to pay $500 for a music video? Oh, fuck that. Do it myself. Let me get my iPhone. You be mad. That's a real bill to you in music. Yeah. Trucking is a whole nother fucking monster, man. It's another monster. You got to have bread to get into it. Shit, they got to They charge you just to get out of it. You know what I mean? Like me getting out of trucking ain't free. Motherfuckers like, oh, you got to file this thing. You got to pay this much for them to get you out. I'm like, what? $500 just for me to quit? Like, dang. <laughs> yeah, you got to pay to quit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you seriously do. It's like that, man. And so just like the demoralizing aspect of just watching all this money go out of my account. In addition to the money that I initially put into it to buy the truck and to get the truck fixed over six weeks and just feeling helpless, like helpless. Like you buy the part, the the parts for my truck were not even expensive that it took to fix my truck. When it's all said and done, fixing my truck really only cost $1,500 between parts Mm. and labor. Everything else though, 10 times that. (laughs) Bro. You talk about just like helpless and sick watching mm. just like just withdrawal after withdrawal after charge after charge at your account. And you can't run your truck. You're not making no money. And they waxing you every time you turn around. It's like, this is fucked up. And yeah. so like around December, I was ultimately like, man, since I ain't doing it, because I went home thinking I was going to get my truck back right after Thanksgiving. But I, so I went to Alabama. Rush back from Alabama thinking, okay, my truck will be ready by the time I get back. Not going to happen. So it wasn't going to happen. And I was going to take more parts and more diagnostics and shit. And shit was just moving too slow. So right around the beginning of December, I was like, you know what, man? This could end up taking till Christmas. You know, they're telling me it's going to take two weeks to program this computer. That got to be in there. Got to be sent here. You got to take your old one off. Take it over there to them to get it. They got to reprogram it. Send it there. They got to get it. Progress, you know what I'm saying? Pull coals off of it, send it back. This is the kind of shit I was going through. This shit takes weeks when you're going yeah. through it from Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's. Any other time of the year, probably could this whole thing probably would have taken two weeks. Max. Yeah. It's holidays a, in the in the middle. Yeah, in the middle. Everybody was in and out. Shipping was terrible. It was like I got caught. I caught a bad uh, you know, a bad wave. Mm-hmm. You know, how you have good waves where like you can do no wrong and everything, every every shot falling. Yep, Sometimes you yep. have a bad wave or you can't buy a basket. Like I couldn't hit a bucket. I couldn't hit the side of a barn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> nothing was falling. I hit one of those, man. And uh, but I was like, you know what? Since I'm not doing nothing in here, I can't drive. Let me just shift over back to music and see what music is looking like right now. Because remember, like I, I kind of stopped doing music full time at the end of 21. Yep. Because I was like. There was nothing there. It was it was kind of dead. Everything was still kind of shut down from the pandemic and people wasn't working and it was just real fucked up time. And uh started doing shit in December. December was looking good. I was like, oh shit. This this might be all right. I was like, but you know, I still thought I was gonna get my truck back at like around Christmas. Cause I was like, if I get my truck back around Christmas, I can run that week. I can run a week of uh, New Year's and I can have the money for my insurance payment, trailer payment, 
and I ain't got to come out of no money for that shit. And I'll be good to go by the time. And I have another week in January to run for all this shit do. And I could be at least in the game again. Yeah. When my shit didn't come back till January, I was just like defeated, man. It was like I picked up my truck and I was just sad. I was sad, man. Like, <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be happy you pick up your truck. Your truck run. Oh, my truck running. My transmission fixed. Yeah, Bro, nah. I was sad. Well, I mean, it's, it's, but the thing is, I think, I think with all that you put into it, yeah, you know, all the, you know, not even just the time, the time to go through and get your CDLs, the time to really learn and understand just the industry in itself. And, you know, like you, you, we've had a lot of conversations off, you know, air about this shit, but you moved extremely fast in comparison to most truckers. You know, mm-hmm. you were able to move in and get your own authority within the first year, you know, year and a half of yeah. you, you know, getting your CDLs and driving. So for it to come to that, you know, not even two years deep, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then you sitting there with no money in your account. You was just sitting on, you know, <laughs> 10, 11, you know yeah. what I mean? Gone. And within, within a month, all of that's gone. 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 And it's like. I, I can I can completely understand. It's like it's like having a child that you sink all of this this stuff in and you know the potential and then you know what I'm saying? And then they up. Yeah, then and then they end up, you know, gang banging and shit. Yeah, gang banging or going to jail because <laughs> right. they robbed a convenience store. But yeah, like, you know why, what I mean? Son, why? Yeah, yeah. So I completely understand. Why you were sad and probably yeah. kind of depressed a little bit. You yeah. Know? yeah. December was I will it was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I never felt more helpless. Like, cause like, yo, I'm at the mercy of people who don't even know the problem of the truck. They're just yeah. figured out. And I'm getting, I'm paying 160 to $250 an hour for them to guess. Yeah. Killing me. You know what I mean? It's like, and by the time you get it back, you're like, yo, now I got the decision of if I keep going, and something happens, then then I'm pulling from my the last of my bread. I gotta pull more yeah. money out to put into this business now. Yeah, then you pulling from your personal because yes, lo- <clears throat> what people don't understand is all the money that you spent on this is the money that you made from it. Yes, yes, you know what I'm saying. So you didn't even you didn't luckily you didn't have to go into your personal right. pocket, but right. All the money that you made from the business within that year, year and a half that you was, yep. you know, doing it, all of that went into, yes. you know, put it right back, back in into, and uh, yeah. to see that shit gone, you just like, Ugh. but I was like, at least I got to, I have to, cause I was faced with the limit. Like, yo, you can get out of this with a little bit of money. If you don't get this motherfucker fixed, if you just call it quiz now, but I was like, I need to at least get the truck fixed. Cause that's the asset. And then mm-hmm. at least at that point, if it's running, whether I sell it to somebody, whether I come back in later, I have that option on the table. And so I knew that doing that was going to wipe me out. But I was like, yo, there, I really didn't feel like I had much of a choice. But then at the same time, it's like music was looking like, yo, come on back over here, champ. <laughs> yeah, we over here chilling, bro. What yeah. up? Yeah, I'm looking at music like, damn, it's looking spiffy over there. Like. Yeah. Looking real spiffy over there. And uh, so December, I just experimented. I just went as hard as I could. Every email I got, I responded. You know what I mean? Couldn't do that when I was driving the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, 
hit everybody back, had time to do everything, all the business that was coming in. I just handled it. And I looked up and I was like, yo, this is a great month. You know, I was like, okay. And then the other thing that happened was as my truck is dying, I'm getting my new record back from, from manufacturing the new EP. And I'm like, this is the point I wanted to get to anyway. Right. I didn't want to get out of trucking, but I feel like it's almost happening by force. There's, I don't have a choice, but I have this option because now I got a record that's on deck that I paid for a year ago. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I knew it was going to be a long time. Like pay for that record a year. It took a full year for that record to get manufactured. So it's like, I have this option. So ultimately after a lot of thoughts, a lot of just like going back and forth, talking to my people and trucking about what I should do, what they would do. And like, I ultimately was like, yo, I got to park it, man. I got to park it. And so, uh, park the truck, shut down my authority, you know, um, went back to doing music full time. And, uh, so far it's been a very, very good decision and shit has been beautiful, honestly, uh, to see the support that's there for me in music, you know, being gone all these years. And so, but I I tell this story because, you know, I was definitely down about this for a, a while. And there was points where I even wasn't sure whether I even wanted to talk about this. You know, it feels embarrassing sometimes. I feel like you failed at something. Yeah. Uh, especially something you put so much in financially and you commit so much time to, you know, to learning and becoming good at it and to see like the factors that are in it just like take you out. Like, damn, I'm out. Uh, I got to I got to chill now for shit get real bad. You know what I mean? Um. It can, it can fuck you up a little bit, but over time, the more I think about it, the more I do on this side of things and I see that this is where I'm supposed to be, you know, it's like, hey, there's some lessons here about failing and about calling it quits. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. So that's the long story. And so uh, yeah. we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about some of these lessons that I learned. And I hope that you guys uh, get something out of this because a, a lot of this shit can be applied to anything that you're doing in life. and I hope that there's some things in here and I believe that there are some things in here that will help you if you are having a tough time at something, decide not only whether to quit, but when to quit. Um, And if quitting is even quitting at all, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And so uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Quick announcement. Over the years, we've frequently been asked by the listeners of our show if we would ever open up our platform to the public for advertising. We've always been interested in doing it, but in the past, we never had the systems in place to make it work properly. I'm proud to announce that we are now officially accepting advertising from the public on Super Duty Tough Work. Meaning, if you are a business owner or an artist and would like to create more awareness about your product, service, or release on our platform, we're now in a position to be able to do that. For more information, Email us at superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. That's superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you would like to promote, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible about whether it's a good fit and go from there. Thanks for your time. Back to the show. Are you an artist who has the talent to succeed, but has a hard time executing? Do you have the will to win, but lack the plan? 
Are you tired of having great ideas that never come to fruition or starting new projects but never finishing them? If you answered yes to any of these questions, reach out to me at superdutytoughwork at waitlist.net to book a one-on-one -on -one coaching call. Tell me a little bit about who you are, what you're trying to do, and I'll see if I can be of service to you. Have a great day. All right, folks, we're back. Super Duty Tough Work, Blueprint, a logic. This week we're talking about knowing when to call it quits. Shit is very real in the field. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, you win some, you lose some, you know, but hey, still here. And uh, all in all, things are looking like they're going to work out in the best way possible. So we're going to talk about lessons that I've learned from what I just went through. And the two years of that and, and this failure that I'm dealing with. And the first lesson that I've that I'm thinking about that I came to the conclusion, and this is before really anything involving is that no risk, no reward. It's lesson number one, because even though I am down uh, in trucking and I felt like, damn, I'm a fucking failure. None of my people around me look at it like that. Nope. Like everybody around me is like. Bro, you just did something that in 18 months you did with motherfuckers haven't done in five years, 10 years. Yep. You learn what you need to learn. You still got the skill. You can still make money on trucking anytime you want to if you decide to go back into that. Yep. And like we actually look at you in a good light because you took a risk that other people would be terrified to take. Very true. In my mind, it doesn't necessarily work like that. In my mind, I look at it like very absolute. But the truth of the matter is that I was willing to take on a risk because the potential reward is there. Yeah. And so I'm never I'm not going to sit here and like bash trucking or act like the reward ain't there at certain levels. The money is in there is money in trucking. There's money in any industry. You just have to be able to weather the storm long enough to get to the reward i couldn't make it through the shit that, I, that happened to me in november to december because it just it took so fucking long and it took so much fucking out of me that uh and the timing lined up with me trying to get back into this shit but um what it made me think about is like you should never have shame about failing at stuff like this because like you are doing something that 90%, 95% of Americans will never do. Yeah. To Don't most, even think about doing. Never. They ne they'll drive a truck all day, never think, I could own a truck. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they'll watch trucks on the freeway and never think, yo, and be hating their job and never think, yo, I should go get my CDL real quick. Yep. I don't like my job. I should try that out. And then just work and do well. And like, I, I still have a clean motor vehicle record. I can still do anything I want to do in trucking. I can get any job I want to, you know, but it's one of those things where it's like, I had to take on some risk to do it. And as far as the reward, if I subtract this loss with my truck, uh, my trucking company, everything else in trucking has been a positive. Mm -hmm. You know, I took on a risk because during COVID, and all of that shit, there was no way to make money in music. You know, I was done. 
And so it's like, trucking has got me on my feet. Trucking got me set up to where now I come back into this so much better positioned. Yeah. Doing and able to do things now and focus on things now that I couldn't, you know, 21, 22. I couldn't do that. Come back in 20, into 23, 24. It's like, oh, because you did that, because you, you were able to get back on your feet financially. Now you come into this better. Yeah. So even though my, I couldn't take it all the way there at this point with the truck, I still got a reward out of it that justified doing it in the first place, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's with anything with personally, if you are going into something and you have an idea of how it's supposed to go mm-hmm. in your mind, you have plans, you have goals. Mm-hmm. When you don't reach those, personally, it feels like, damn, I didn't do what I set out to do. So it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, but if you take a step back and you look at things from a macro level and not everything so micro, you see all of the things that you learned. You know, I, um, there's a saying, you know, I, I never fail. I either win or I learn. Yeah. You know, like, this is a situation like that because, you know, certain things that me and you have talked about that came kind of out of this, you know, how to stack up your business account mm-hmm. to make sure that you can cover any losses that you incur or have the bread to invest into your, you know, your music career. You learn, you know, you kind of learn that thing from there. Yeah. There's just certain ways of how to move business wise that you took from that experience that has allowed you to put yourself in a certain position musically yeah, to do certain things going forward. So, you know, we always, if we have an idea in our heads and then we don't reach that, you know, that goal and we don't get across that specific finish line, of course we're going to feel like, you know, we didn't do what we set out to do because we invest our time and our money into it. Yeah. But, you know, again, you got to just take a step back and see like, okay, what did I learn from this situation? How can I make, even though I didn't get where I exactly where I wanted to go, how can I take what I got from this and turn it into a positive and use those ideas and use those um, lessons that I've learned to forward me in the next thing that I do? And I think that's what you're doing. Yeah. And that's why I, I'm one of those people that's like, you didn't fail at all. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you may not have got exactly where you wanted to go with that. Yeah. But because you did that, now you're stronger over here in this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's just, you know, when you're going through it, you just be like, damn. And I'm a oh, hyper-competitive yeah, motherfucker. Like, I don't. Yeah. Like, I'm one of people, like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, but you realize, like, some things are bigger than you. Yeah. And, and like you're saying, like, there are things that I got out of that shit that I think that have already helped me tremendously. Just in the last two months, I've been doing music again full time. It's like there's something else that I've added to what I was doing that I wasn't doing before. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have had that or saw that had I not done this. I had to leave music to kind of get this other piece. from trucking and now I'm like, OK, if that ends up being what I got from it, that's going to allow me to do this at a higher level than I ever did it before. Yep. You know what I mean? And it was it was a departure, but 
it's looking like it might end up being the best thing for me. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it just makes you like hungry again. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, that's number one. No risk, no reward. You know, you got to be really to risk something to get a reward. And, you know, another thing I'll add to that is like the risk of buying my own truck was that I knew ultimately I didn't want to be a company driver long term. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to be self-employed, whether it's driving a truck or doing this. And so yeah. uh, the, the, I, as soon as I bought the truck, I was basically self-employed again, which was which opened a door for me to come back over here, which would have been even more difficult if I had a job. So it kind of, uh, yeah, it did work out on that front. So that's number one. Number two lesson in all of this that I think uh, I learned uh, about failure is that you, you have to be able to define failure. By that, I mean, when we look at things, we have a very easy time defining success. Yep, very easy. If you ask somebody, what success look like? They say, I want to do this. Okay, what, what's that look like? They can tell you every fucking thing about it. I'm going to be doing this every day. I'm going to be making this much. I'm going to be living here. This is going to be my lifestyle. I'm going to be around these people. This is what it look like, feel like, taste like, smell like. They can tell you to the most minute detail. But if you ask this person about that same endeavor, what does failure look like? you'll get a blank stare. Yeah, because nobody plans on failing. Right. <laughs> so, you don't. so you have no idea. You have no, no idea, idea what it looked like. You ain't thinking about it. You're not thinking about it. But And that's what I learned is like, because you don't define failure in the same way you define success, you don't know when you're failing. Mm. And because you don't know when you're failing, you don't know how to adjust properly. Right. And another thing that's worse is that because you ain't defined failure, you will move the goalposts all over the fucking place before you change what you are doing and yeah. admit something that's not going right. Yeah, exactly. Like it made me think about this because as I'm going through this, I'm like, I feel like such a failure because the way I, d- I did not clearly define failure at the beginning. I define success and anything that don't look like success is failure, but that's not true. Right. If I'd have really looked at it, like failure is not just, uh, you know, I don't achieve this huge goal in trucking and I make X amount. It's not that. It's not that sometimes failure is just simply like, Hey, if I do this for this amount of time and I don't hit this little benchmark or I'm unable to spend this much time on it, or I'm unable to do this and I can't build this relationship and this thing isn't moving. What do I do then? Yeah. What do I do? What I see a lot of times and this, and I'm take this is a lesson I'm definitely taking back to music is not people who can't define success. It's people who can't define failure. Yeah. And because they can't define failure, they stick with things that don't work too fucking long. You know, and that lesson is something that kind of leads into the third lesson of this whole shit to me, which is fail faster. Yes. I was having a conversation with some friends about this, and I'm like, when you're 20 to 25, 
you can fail slow as fuck. Yeah, because you got time. <laughs> you got time. You got time. You 18 to 25, even 30, you can, you can fail longer. Mm-hmm. Because, number one, because you have less, uh, your fall is not as far. <laughs> right, right. Because you have not climbed so high, your fall won't be as far. So when you're in your 20s, your goal should be to try as many things as you can that you're good at and to fail as long as possible. As long as it takes for you to learn that thing, keep failing because eventually something's going to stick. But as you get older, you cannot fail as long anymore. Nah. You know what I mean? Like you got family, children. You can't fail for 10 years no more. Oh, nah, it's true. One year is, One is, year. is pushing it. You know, that could put you put you in a place, put you right. in a bad place for a <laughs> right. long time. Right. Bills got to be paid. Yeah. It's too far to fall. As you get older, you start having things. You have more to risk. Uh, mm-hmm. You have less time to recover. Yes. And so this is not to say don't go hard. It's actually to say the opposite. As you get older, the more intense you need to be about everything you're fucking learning mm-hmm. anything you're trying in your 40s you need to be all gas no brakes yep learn it as quickly as possible go as hard as possible immerse yourself in it because you don't have time to fail for 10 more years yeah and you don't got time to play mm-hmm. you know as you get as you get older if you start new things you have to understand quickly is this for me or not Yes. You know what I mean? Because you don't have time to play. You don't have time to take five years and, Mm -hmm. you know, try it out and, you know, see if it works. You don't have that time. Yeah, man. You know, like when when I picked up the camera, it was like either I'm going to learn this shit or I'm not going to learn this shit. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I had to I learned it quick, started shooting my own videos, started taking photos, all of that stuff, because it was something that I wanted to do, something I knew I could do. And generate money and add to my portfolio of things. But I didn't have time to, well, let me see if I like it. You know, let me see if this, let me see. Nah, you don't got time for that when you're older. Mm -hmm. Especially when you got responsibilities and you're responsible for people other than yourself. You have to get in there and kind of have more of a idea that this is definitely something I want to do before you even get into it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because- Financially, with shit like that, you got to invest. And depending on your responsibilities outside of, you know, whatever you got to do, bills, children, you know, house payment, mortgage, Mm -hmm. you know, car payments, all of that stuff. You can't afford to sink a thousand dollars into something and it not return. Right. You can't you can't afford that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So you got to kind of have an idea of the things that you want to do. And things that you know you can commit yourself to before you even take that step, because sometimes the risk is way too high to just be out here, you know, freestyling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's my, that's my biggest thing, because and, and I went into this with that, like, like when I look at just like my timetable and trucking, I moved like a person who did not have 10 years to mm-hmm. decide if trucking was for me. Right. I didn't move like this. I needed to go through all levels of this thing to know, like, 
Is it for me? What are the risks? What is the how deep does this hole go? Can I be successful? Do I have the constitution for it? So like mm-hmm. get my CDL, start driving as a solo driver. 2022 drive for a year. Leave as soon as I get my year in, I leave that job, get another job, drive for two months, leave that job, get a truck a month later. Have my own truck for f- five months. When I when I got my own truck, I only had like 13 months of driving experience, 14 months of driving experience. Yep. Like I still don't have two full years of driving experience. I literally only drove a truck for a total of like 18 months now. But in that whole time, company driver, two jobs, hazmat, tanker, you know what I'm saying? Uh, got my own truck, fixed my truck, got my truck fixed up, got my own authority, worked with brokers, got dedicated freight, got dedicated lanes, more established, got all this shit. It was like got in, got out, got out. Of, and it was like, I moved like, hey, I don't have time to, to learn this in five years. Yeah, I don't got time to play. No, no time to play. You know what I mean? You know, and my advice to anybody, if you're if you're younger, you have time to get in there and fail. In fact, Mm -hmm. fail as much as possible. The more you fail when you're younger, the more you're going to fucking learn and build some skills that will help you the rest of your life. Yep. But as you get older, you definitely have to keep your eye on a fucking clock. Do not drag out any failure for too long. As quickly as possible, be honest with yourself. As we said in a previous step, define failure clearly Mm -hmm. because defining failure quick, clearly is going to let you know how long you should stay in that shit. Yep. Like if I know that if I can't learn this skill and that part of it, I can't get to here within this amount of time. I got to be out. Yep. I got to pivot. I can't risk as much. I got to pull some, I got to pull back some. If I can be here or there, that's up in that amount. Then I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to keep going to the next level to oh, go through the next door. But if you're not going through any doors and you're older, you're going to have to be very careful about how much you invest. And maybe that thing should be a hobby. Maybe that thing should. But if you're talking about at a professional high level, you have to be willing to fail quickly, which means you have to be willing to put everything in quickly. Mm-hmm. And you got to know yourself to make that decision. So, yep. You know, that's that's something I learned out of that. So those those are the first three. I think we got a total of seven. We'll take a break and we'll be right back with the last part. What's up, everybody? Got some big news to share with you all today. I'm proud to announce that for the first time, I will be opening up my artist coaching and consulting services to the public. I have been doing it for several years behind the scenes, helping artists and small businesses achieve their goals, but it's never been something that I made publicly available nor anything that I promoted until now. So if you're an artist or a small business owner, I'm now available to be booked for one-on-one sessions designed to help you achieve your goals as quickly and as efficiently as possible. If this is something that you're interested in, email me at superdutytoughwork at waitlist.net. Tell me a little bit about yourself and we'll get the ball rolling from there. I look forward to working with you all. Peace. This is your weekly reminder that we have two books that you as a listener or watcher of this podcast 
need to absolutely own. The first is the 10 traits of successful hip hop artists. And the second is the social media cheat code. Both of these books were released within the last year. The 10 traits of successful hip hop artists is a book where I go through the stories and explain the traits that uh, are behind the success of some of the biggest names in hip hop today. Um, the book has got nothing but amazing feedback. And if you are an artist, business person, whatever you do, if you would like to be inspired and would like to learn more about hip hop along the way and also see some some reinforcement of the concepts that we talk about on this podcast, the 10 traits of successful hip hop is for you. Second book is the social media cheat code. That is for everyone who listens to this podcast who does not uh, consider themselves an expert or really good at social media. It's not for super experienced people. It's actually for people who are on social media but are not getting the results you need. So what we did is I broke down like 12 or 13 strategies that I use all the time that actually work really well for me. I put it into book. I gave you examples and I tell you how to implement it. That's a book you absolutely need as a listener to this podcast, watcher this podcast. If you're on YouTube, supporting these books actually goes a long way towards supporting the podcast. So uh, to support the show, if you like what we do, obviously we don't necessarily get paid to do this shit. So support the products and services that we create. And these two books are a big part of that. We appreciate your support and uh, back to the show. All right, folks, we back talking about, you know, knowing when to call it quits. And, uh, you know, we got four more joints, four more joints. Lessons from this whole thing. I hope you all are uh, getting something out of this. Lesson number four is have a stopping point. Mm. Have a stopping point. There's this concept in uh, trading called stop loss. So if you make a trade, a stop loss is basically this. It's like an instrument or like a tool a feature you can use that says if this stop, like I'm going to make this trade. I may not be around when I make this trade, you know, this mm -hmm. trade, when this thing reaches this price, purchase it. Or oh, but if it reaches this price, sell it. Yeah. So if a, if you buy something and it's starting to drop past the limit that you feel comfortable with, you put in what's called a stop loss. You enter the price for that stop loss to say at this price, I'm out. At this, as long as it's doing this, I'm in. It can lose a little bit, but when it gets to this point, my stop loss is activated. The trade is made automatically. I don't have to be sitting there to do it. I don't have to decide to do it because this shit can happen so fast. You might not even be able to get it. Mm -hmm. The stop loss concept is a trading concept, but like we should be doing it in everything we do. Yeah. Because it's one of those things that should define failure. Like when I got into uh, getting my own authority buying my own truck I had a dollar amount it was like after this dollar amount you out bruh yeah you are out of here like you don't want to get to that dollar amount you I'm willing to dabble in if I know I could get it back and get back in business maybe I'll mess around for another little bit in there but it's like I had a limit and that limit got hit there was an option at the end. I didn't get chased out. I didn't lose my way out. My truck is running. I could still go in. I'm not totally broke. I could put more money into my trucking business and dug it out some more if I wanted to. Mm. But on principle, I've had to be very clear with myself and honest with myself about, yo, you did your best within that time period. 
you told yourself if you lose more than that, you got to be out. Mm-hmm. And when you lost that, you had to be out. It's a tough decision because part of me is like, nah, I know I could turn it around if I just. Yeah. But I got to look at the numbers on the paper and be like, nah, Al, you did everything you could in that amount of time. You threw everything at it you could. It hit that number. You got to be content with walking away. And that's the hardest part is understanding that it's time to walk away from something, especially something that you invest in and you put time in and you put money in and you really want it. And it's really something you want to do. Yes. It's really something that you want to want to go after. You got to understand, like, if I get to a point where it is not lucrative financially or it's too much stress then it's worth, you know what I'm saying? Like there has to be a point in your, you know, in, in doing stuff yes. where you have to say, okay, I can't, I can no longer take these losses. I can yep. no longer lose out on this energy that I'm putting towards this thing. Yeah. I have to put this towards something else that is going to benefit me, you know, either financially or just personally, just as a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think something like trucking, especially with the kind of money that you was telling me that you, you know, that that you had to use to just to fix the truck. Yes. That can be physically and emotionally and mentally daunting and terrifying and really fucking weigh you down. Yes. So understanding to get that weight off of you, you know, and just knowing like, OK, I, I did everything that I could do because mm-hmm. the thing is. A lot of people that may not understand trucking, and I didn't until you explained it to me, but everything that you did, most people don't do in 10 years. Right. You did that shit in less than two. So, you know, talking about throwing everything into something, the fact that you basically went through the whole gambit of trucking pretty much in mm-hmm. two years. You, you, you got to a point where you understood like, okay, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's time. It's yep. time. I can't. Even though I want to, I can't keep, I can't do it. I've done everything and it's just not working, mm-hmm. you know, the way that I hoped it would work. Yeah. So it's time for me to take what I've learned and put it into something else. And luckily, you know, we'll talk about this later, but luckily you had the option yes. to pivot and you had something else already waiting and already kind of prepared for you, mm-hmm. you know, to move on to and utilize what you learned in trucking in that other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that's uh, number four. Number five, lesson. Everybody takes losses. Everybody takes losses, even in music. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to think that it's, this is just some specific to trucking. It's not. Like, we've all invested in music. We all got products sitting around for some record that don't move like the other records. Come on, bro. <laughs> Dead stock. <laughs> Stock. <laughs> you're like yo that joint i really like that joint but it just don't move like them joints five dollar cd sale bro hey you know you got <laughs> lost leaders and whatnot <laughs> <laughs> gotta move them joints yeah. it happens we all have tours we do shows we do that financially don't work you catch a bad one i've tours i've had bad tours i've done where i saw fucking 10 people every stop all week like damn yeah. Came back a year or two later and motherfuckers was packed. You know what I'm saying? Like, it happens. You're like, damn, okay, now it's 100 people there. It was fucking 10 people last time. Or I came here before. I never had a good show in the city. Then I finally did get, had a show in the city in a good venue and fucking packed it the first time. I had a good one. Okay. 
everybody takes losses in between then you're doing shows and you you're not making what you thought you should have made there's always going to be some investment and so every you should be prepared for that at every level but i've had to learn to not internalize my losses because i'm no different than anybody else in that shit yeah in fact like everybody every every trucker i talked to about this shit was like hey bro everything you're going through is exactly what happens to everybody in their first year yep everything that you're going through and until you get to that point where you got your your maintenance fund super chunky you can be taken out of the game at any minute that's what everybody told me and that's what happened you know what i'm saying so it's like i knew the risk but i was in it and so i also knew like okay man these guys are telling me like i had guys tell me shit that losses they took make my loss look small in comparison Mm. Guys who were in it, like the dude I was renting my trailer from, this motherfucker bought a whole new trailer for like eight ten G's. Cause I rented his trailer. He went, goes and buys another trailer for eight ten G's, finds out a week after buying it that there was something wrong with the trailer that the seller hid from him. It's gonna cost him another eight ten G's. Mm. Sick. These are the, these are trucking bills. Way different than rap bills. Like the trucking shit <laughs> different. It's not the same. Like you'd be like, oh yeah, vinyl, some CDs are gonna cost me a thousand dollars. Right. You look at some of these trucking receipts I got. That should have make your head spin. Yeah. But everybody takes losses as part of it. And it's and you shouldn't internalize it. You gotta look at it as part of it and just make sure that like you are prepared mentally for that part of the game. Because it's not all roses in everything you do, you know. Yeah, everything and everything people take losses. Everybody takes losses. The people that you see as the most successful people, yeah, have ha- have taken losses even in the journey to their success. While they've been successful, they've tried other things mm-hmm. that just didn't work. You know, yep. they invested money that they didn't get back. You know, they invested time they didn't get back. You know, for music, there's all of us have put out a record might not have hit like that last record. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yep. And and but that's okay because that that kind of thing happens to all of us. So it's not a reflection on you as yeah. a person, as a business person, as an artist, as you know, whatever you're getting into. It's not a reflection on you. Nothing is ever perfect. Nobody ever hits every shot that they take. Yep. Never happens. You know, there's always a percentage of people that ain't gonna get to that point, you know, that they that they hope they would. Yeah, man. Yeah, so that's uh, number five. Lesson number six. Have options. The biggest blessing in this whole thing for me is, as you mentioned earlier, having something else that I'm really good at that has been my primary thing for 20 plus years. Yep. And the timing of that shit working out just as the timing of the trucking thing was getting bad. My timing over there was getting tough. Time over here was getting good. Um, a lot of people don't have that. Nope. A lot of people, if your primary thing goes, if your main stream of income is not doing well, they're devastated. And, and more so than just being devastated financially or, or emotionally, you know, they can't just go get that same kind of money somewhere else. Right. You know, it's, it's very tough. I have been 
very, very fortunate, you know, and it's really hitting me more now than ever for the time that I have in the music and for the, the relationships I've built up, fans I've built up, followings and, and through the work that we've put in over the last 20, 25 fucking years that, hey, um, this gives you some options that many people don't have. You know, one of my partners in trucking, my guy who trained me, Steve, he he lost his job. He got fired and like he got fired like the same week my truck broke down. Mm. But because he had a, a, a bunch of stuff on his, his driving record, accidents and stuff, it took him seven, eight weeks to find a job. He didn't get a job until my truck was done. It took him to like January to get a job. Crazy. And so it's tough, but he couldn't go anywhere else because trucking is his main and only thing. Yeah. Whereas he talked to me, he's like, what you going to do? Al? I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm going to sit at the house for a minute. <laughs> he's like, like, how? Yeah. He's like, how, man? How? I'm like, look, hey, look, I'm, I'm not going to, I can't tell this motherfucker that Al is, yeah. you know, blueprint, but it's more like, <laughs> hey, bro, I'm just going to figure something out. I'm going to do, I'm going to see what else is out here before I hop mm-hmm. back in over there. The power of options. Um, whatever you do in life, my advice to anybody, have your main thing, but cultivate other skills. Yes. Once you find yourself reaching like a high level, level of mastery in your main thing, do not be afraid to go out and cultivate other skills because at some point, those other skills could save you from financial, emotional, you know, devastation. Yeah. They could create lanes for you that maybe your main thing didn't have and, and everything has a peak in a valley. You may be in a situation where your main thing was going slow, but this other thing that you've been building on the side starting to pop off a little bit. You can hop over there and get money anytime you want to, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, that's very important because it allows you to, to move a little more freely and to take a little more risks uh, with what you do. Options. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I had to deal with this when um, it was during the pandemic and a lot of people don't know the correlation, but um, my wife was diagnosed with cancer and a few weeks after her diagnosis, I, I got laid off from my job at the time. Mm-hmm. Luckily, you know, um, I have music and that's when autopilot came out. That was during the pandemic. That's when I was streaming a lot. That's when I was really diving into utilizing my camera, making a lot of video content, all of that stuff. Music, having that option to move to that and focus on that without having a regular job, but also going through this emotional and you know financial hit, having that option allowed me to focus on taking care of my wife, mm. you know, and still getting my bills paid. Because I was able to move into music and really focus on it and put that out that album out. And, you know, I was blessed to have fans yeah. that, you know, funded basically that year that I was out of work. Yeah. And I was able to, you know, pay bills and still get food and still do all of that because I had the option to move over to somewhere else. And like you said, a lot of people don't set themselves up to have something else that supplements you know, their lifestyle. And even if it can't supplement to the point where your regular job does, yeah, you have something that brings in enough money to where you can survive until you get to something else mm-hmm. that, you know, is at the same level that you are at. So having options can save your life, you know, in a lot of ways. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact, man. Yeah, that's a beautiful example. And yeah, we both done it at, at, at this point now in the last few years. Yeah. It's like yeah. you have your main thing, you got something else. And like I the, what I realized what I realize now was like because I took a year and a half to go cultivate the skill over there, I can move more freely over here now. Right. Because the feeling that I had before was like, it's all or nothing. If mm-hmm. I ain't making money at this, I'm screwed. Yeah. And then when the pandemic shut the whole shit down, I was like, whoa, I'm screwed. I'm fucked. I need I'm, something else. I need something else. Now yeah. I, ha- I can sleep at night knowing that if this don't work out, I can go right back over there and I can drive for anybody. Yep. I can go right back over there and I can run my truck if I want to. Yep. I can put a year in over there, stack some bread, come right back over here. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that option at all before. But now that I got some experience and, and the time in, in such a quick amount of time, I'm coming back over here with a whole different level of like confidence because I got more options. And you can put, you can take more risk. Yes. You know what I mean? Because you have something to fall back on. It's just like, you know, when you're in high school and, you know, you want to be a basketball player and your parents always like, you know, make sure them grazes up because you got to have some fall back <laughs> on. You got what yep. if you, you know, break your ankle? What you break your yep. leg? You can't play ball no more. What you going to do? It's the same with anything in life. You always got to have something else to fall back on, because if your main thing goes away, you screwed. Mm-hmm. It's a fact, man. That's a fact. So we got one more joint. And uh, this was one that, you know, I just thought of uh, the other day. And it was more about just like sometimes we think we fail uh, because we we forget that we proved our original point. Mm. So this is about like proving your original point. And, you know, sometimes we look at it like, hey, I want to do this. And I'm very guilty of this. I'll do something. And then I'll do it. I'll be like, damn, that was that was awesome. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me with helping me achieve this. Now, if I could just get that, though, I'll really be tight. And I'm like, mm-hmm. then I get that. And I'm like, OK, well, but now that I got these two things, if I can just do that mm-hmm. now, I'm OK, that would be really great. Then you got to give you that. And then you like, but if but you see that thing over there, though? <laughs> That's really the one. Right. You achieve four things beyond five things beyond your original point. Mm -hmm. Beyond your original goal, you got that and you went four steps beyond it, but you think you a failure because the fifth one didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, nah, you proved your original point. You're a success because you did the original thing. All this other shit is not the cake. It's the icing on the cake. I'm guilty of this too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I realized about myself, like, yo, I'm always moving the goalpost on myself. Mm-hmm. And, and what it really does is it make you not grateful for what you've done. Yep, exactly. Like, well, everything, all the blessings you have, you can overlook them if you keep moving that goalpost. Yeah. Never stop to say, yo, thank you. This in and of itself is enough. This is beautiful. I'm happy. I'm content with this. Anything else is just icing on a cake. It's not the cake. The cake is already here. Yeah. This is enough. Sure, if we throw more on, that'll work. But I can stop right here and be content with what I've achieved. Yeah, you got to take time to celebrate your wins. Yeah, man. You know, everybody has goals, and we all do that. I think artists, especially, we're so guilty of doing this. 
you have things that you want to do. You have things that you want to achieve. And when you achieve those things, then we're looking at the next mountain we got to climb. We're looking at the next, you know, obstacle that we got to get over. We're not taking the time to say, like, I did, I just did that. You know what I'm saying? Like, this just happened. I achieved this thing that has been eluding me for however, you know, long you've been trying to achieve it. We always like, okay, I got that. Now I got to get this. I got that. Now I got to get this. I got yeah. that. Now. Instead of just stopping to say, yo, like, I, I did that thing. You know what I'm saying? I put this fucking record out. You know what I'm saying? Like I put mm-hmm. this record out. I recoup my I recoup my money. Okay. Now, oh, I gotta get the tour. You know what I'm saying? Now, oh, if the tour ain't successful, then I Damn. failed. No. Right. Your your original <laughs> goal was to put the record out and, and break even. Yep. And you did that. Yeah. So if the tour don't work out, okay, that's just some extra. Yeah. That didn't work out. But my original goal was to put the record out, break even. I did that. People like the record. Let me celebrate that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let me be happy with that. But, you know, we, we can't, man. Our our egos don't let us do that. <laughs> you know, as artists, our egos don't let us do that. Mm-mm. It's so simple, though. Yeah. We just got to keep going. Keep adding on and adding on and adding on. Yep. Instead of being yep. like, let me stop and celebrate. U.S. tour did good. Now I got to go to Europe. Oh, yeah. Europe didn't work out. Oh, this shit. Fu- everything's messed up now. Yeah. It's like, nah, man, you're not a failure. Yeah. You actually proved a point. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. So, that's it, man. That's it this week, you know. Um, this episode, knowing when to call it quits. You know, the lessons. I'm going to read them back. First one, no risk, no reward. Second one, defining failure. Third one, fail faster. Fourth one, have a stopping point. Number five, everybody takes losses. Number six, have options. Number seven, Prove your original point. Yeah. You know, that's it for this week, man. I hope you guys got something out of this. If you're dealing with, you know, losses and uh, anything like that, hope that this kind of helps you navigate that. And uh, we'll see y'all next week. Work. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. Shoot, I got styles already that's more complex that nobody know about. I mean, super duty tough work, huh? <laughs>